Good morning, church. Wow, it's a privilege to be, uh, to be bringing you the word this morning. Uh, where has January gone? It's been such a long time since I've been at church. And um, for those who don't know, I, my wife and I got COVID, and so we were, the whole January was just a blur. But um, thank you to the support of friends and so also the church family for your prayers and um, you know, just reaching out. It has been greatly appreciated, and we really feel uh, supported in that. <clears throat> so this morning, I'm going to bring to you a message that is really familiar to us all, um, and I pray that this message will bring you great joy and encouragement. But before I do that, uh, today, uh, this week, is the start of the Lunar New Year. So that's the 1st of February. <clears throat> so for those who celebrate the Lunar New Year, it, the, tradi- traditionally, the uh, celebrations on the eve of the Lunar New Year because what uh, the, the thinking is that they don't want to be doing any work on the New Year's Day. So they normally have gatherings on the New Year Eve. Anyway, so to those who are present here and to those who are watching this online, I'm going to wish everyone a lu- happy Lunar New Year. So in Japanese, it's Ake Mashita Omadetou Gozaimasu. In Korean, it's Sebo Manipa Tuseo. In Thai, Sawadibi uh, Sawa My Club. And for those who are Vietnamese, chúc mừng năm mới. Chinese, xin nhan khoai lạ. Cantonese, san nhan phai lạ. Jochu, xin nhan khoai lạ. And English, Happy New Year. <laughs> so this morning, I'm going to share with you a, f- uh, a familiar Bible verse or two. As we look at, and I've titled the message, The Blessing of New Beginnings. Um, So let's open in prayer before we get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness to us. We thank you for your grace and your mercy that you've shown to us. I thank you that we have the privilege of meeting with you and hearing from you this morning. And as I share the word, may you use me to speak your truth, that you will minister to us no matter where we are at this morning, in person or online, that you will reveal yourself to us clearly and that your name will be glorified. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, not that, not quite there yet. So, if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. So this is a familiar passage of scripture to many of you. And um, some of you might even have memorized it. It's one of those verses that just rolls off the tongue because it's so familiar. Uh, And we even sing about it because there's a song based on it. However, we need to be reminded of these familiar truths in the Bible. And John 8.32 tells us that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. As Pastor Joe reminded us last year, 
that we shouldn't allow the familiarity of Scripture to cause us to lose the wonder of what those truths mean. In that instance, he was referring to the birth of Christ. So, let's look at Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. It says, The steadfast love, and I'm reading from the ESV, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We don't have to wait until the end of the year to reflect on God's faithfulness. We can do it right now at, the, at this moment, at the start of the year, and we are actually celebrating a Lunar New Year. In fact, we should remember God's faithfulness every single day. There are some things we can take away from these couple of verses. I have found four things. Firstly, it's the steadfast love of the Lord. Secondly, it's about His mercies or compassion as it's stated in the NIV. Thirdly, they are new. The fact that they are new every morning. And finally, in all this, we can echo the words of Scripture and say, indeed, great is your faithfulness. So before we look into these verses, let me give you a bit of context for this verse, these verses. <coughs> the book of Lamentations was written during the fall of Jerusalem to the invading Babylonian armies. And, do, and it is debatable who is the author of this book. And some say Jeremiah, the prophet, but others are not sure. But regardless of this, the author during this recollection, recollection of um, the events happening during the invasion of the Babylonian armies. The author was um, lamenting how and recalling the horrors of the um, time where the Babylonian armies were occupying the, the city of Jerusalem and, and just taking people captive. And so the author was recollecting those events and he was downcast and he was lamenting to God but during at a certain point in time during the book of in the book of Lamentations the author has a change of perspective oh how often we need a change of perspective because when we do have a change of perspective when we're facing trials and difficulties we do need to turn to God. It is when we turn to God and focus on His unchanging nature that our view of life changes. So, where is this change of perspective? In verse 21 of this chapter, we clearly see the change of perspective, and that is before these two verses. So in verse 21 of the chapter 3, we, we see this change of perspective. This I call to mind, he said, and therefore I have hope. Therefore I have hope. So what gives the author hope? Well, we can see in the next few verses the things that bring hope to this author. These are the truths we can turn to when we're facing hardships and trials. Perhaps your life is not going as smoothly as according to plan. Perhaps you've had to deal with a medical diagnosis or 
one for a family loved one, or perhaps you've lost your job recently, perhaps your marriage is in trouble, or you have trouble with your children, uh, relationships with children are not going well. Whatever it is, realize that God is bigger than all these things. There is hope. And hope is important. The first thing to note is the steadfast love of the Lord in verse 22. God is love. We know that. In 1 John 4, 78 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God is love. It is his very nature to be loving. Love comes from God. You might say, that's great. God is love, but how do I know that he loves me? Well, here is the good news. God loves you. There are several examples of scripture where God's love is demonstrated. These verses also tell us of the nature of God's love. Starting from Jeremiah 31.3, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. God's love is everlasting. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. God's love is unfailing, steadfast in nature. Psalm 136.26 says, Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. God's love endures forever. John 3.16, another familiar verse, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's love gives to a world that he created. God's love gives to you and to me. <clears throat> Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love seeks after those who are lost to those who need him. God's love is steadfast and never ceases. Another word for steadfastness would be unwavering. It is an unwavering love. It is unconditional love and will not be shaken. In the NIV, it uses the word consume. So the, the, the verse in NIV says, because of his great love, we are not consumed. One commentator puts it this way. Consume is an interesting word. It means to be destroyed, but it also means to be used, used up, spent, exhausted, and depleted. So when the word says we are not consumed, God is making a powerful promise to us. Not only is God promising that we will never be overcome by anything in this world, but also 
that His love for us will never run out. <clears throat> it reminds me of a song that we sing on occasions. And see if you know this song. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. In fact, we sang this morning about God's love uh, and the fact that God never fails. It's a timely reminder. The second point that I want to highlight is that His mercies never come to an end. In the NIV, the phrase used is His compassions never failed. It is infallible. It is incapable of failing. It's something that is completely dependable, just like His love for us. We often associate the word mercy with forgiveness from God or judgment or withholding punishment, for example. You might say, oh, have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy on me. But the mercies of God also extend to showing mercy for those who are suffering through healing, through comfort, through the alleviation of suffering and caring for those in distress. <clears throat> God's mercies never come to an end. When our comforts fail, yet God's compassion does not fail. It is God's nature to be compassionate. Compassion is, here's a quote from A.W. Tozer, compassion is not something that simply runs out of God it is something that God is. So God is compassionate. Let this powerful truth sink into you, into our inmost being. Let's take a moment to really take that in, that God's compassion never fails. How does that apply to our situation? How does that apply to the context we're in? Just as, a, just as we have been shown mercy from the divine creator how can we show mercy to others jesus tells his disciples in matthew 10 8 heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out demons freely you have received freely give freely we have received mercy from god let us give our, ourselves freely in helping others we may not be casting out demons or raising the dead. But we can have, do practical deeds of mercy, such as cooking a meal for someone, getting groceries for others who are less mobile, offering to mind children for young parents, helping to mow the lawn, visiting the sick or praying for them, and praying for them, or perhaps visiting those in prison. So we have the first two points. God's love for us is steadfast. His mercies never come to an end. Here's the third point. His unfailing love expressed through His unending mercies, we are reminded, are new every morning. As sure as the sun rises each day, we can be sure of His love for us. God is reminding us 
of his love for us each morning. God is showing us mercies each new day. <clears throat> Guys who are married, speaking to myself included, do you remind your wife that you love her every day? Do you remind your wife that you care for her? She needs that constant reminder. Might I say the same to might I say that the same goes for the ladies as well? Please do the same for your husbands. I haven't forgotten the husbands. Please remind them, remind him that you love him and care for him. Words of affirmation are powerful. Parents, do you remind your children that you love them each day? God, our Heavenly Father, does. He reminds us each and every day of His love for us through creation, through His provision, through His Word. The reminder can also be in the form of a gift out of the blue or perhaps a phone call from a brother or sister in Christ. This reminder is fresh. It's a fresh reminder, not stale. And that means we do not need to worry about what has happened in the past. Um, we look forward to each new day because God's provision for us is refreshed each new day. I like to go to bakeries on Saturdays and there's this bakery that I walk into and the smell of fresh bread, just the aroma of it is like a sweet smelling fragrance. And just like the Israelites were given fresh manna from heaven each morning, except on the Sabbath when they had to collect enough for two days, uh, we are given a fresh start each day. Each morning brings a new sense of hope a new sense of expectation. This was my experience when I was looking for a job. There was re renewed hope each day that I would get a job. I would, each day I would look through the job boards and apply for new jobs. And there was discouragement, there was disappointment, but each new day brought a new sense of hope and expectation. Pastor Rick Warren says that he used to think that the Christian life was a success, succession of battles and blessings, whereas now he thinks of life as being on two tracks. At any given moment in life, there are usually blessings, but also battles to face. He gives the example of the huge blessing that came to him through the publication of The Purpose Driven Life, which has now become a bestseller. It gave him enormous influence, but at the same time, he found out that his wife, Kay, had cancer. On one track of life, his life, there was great blessing. On the other track, there was a massive battle to face. I had my own experience of battles and blessings. The blessing came in the form of a new job after 30 months of unemployment, which was a real blessing and a breakthrough. At the same time, my wife and I tested positive for COVID. And I remember lying in bed that first night that I tested positive with so many worries and concerns about how we would cope over the next week or so. And I remember my son telling me, oh, dad, I'm, I'm very scared because both you and mommy have COVID. God reminded me that night that there is no need to worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about it itself. 
each day has enough trouble of its own. And I'm thankful for the support my, that my family and I receive from our family and also the church family in terms of prayer and provision. So we have the steadfast love of our Lord and the unending mercies, which are new each morning. They remind us daily of His goodness to us. In all these things, it shows the faithfulness that God demonstrates to His children, to you and to me. Like God's love, there are many different aspects of God's faithfulness to us. Scripture tells us that in Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is good. He's the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commands to a thousand generations. That's a long time. The Lord is faithful. He keeps covenant to those who love Him and obey Him. Psalm 91.4 says, He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. A rampart is like a protective barrier. So His faithfulness will be our shield and rampart. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says that the Lord is faithful and He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. There is a promise that God will guard us against the evil one. He will establish a hedge of protection over us. And that, that is a good prayer to pray for our children as well. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So this verse tells us that he will not let us be tempted beyond our ability to withstand. And finally, in 1 John 1, 9, we heard about it two weeks prior. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Perhaps the most comforting aspect of God's faithfulness to us is His provision for us. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Charles Spurgeon told his, this story of his grandfather, James, and his faith in God. He had a large family and very small income, but his, his love for the Lord was so great that he would not give up his preaching of the gospel for anything. One day, the cow on which the family relied for milk for the children suddenly died, and James Spurgeon's wife was greatly concerned. But he said, God said he would provide, and I believe he could send us 50 cows if he pleased. On that same day, a group met in London, a group James Spurgeon did not know, that wanted to help meet the needs of poor pastors. They raised a large sum of money and began sending it to different pastors in need to help their families. 
When they reached the end of the list, there were still five pounds left, like $50. And one man suggested sending it to Jane Spurgeon. Another said, no, let's not just send him five pounds. Let's add five more to go with it. Others joined in, and the day after his cow died, James Spurgeon received 20 pounds in the mail. So that would be $200. Probably enough to buy a new cow or two. So let's recap again what we've looked at this morning. In the midst of trials and difficulties, there is a change of perspective which brings hope. And this is important because hope comes from knowing the biblical truths that are found in Scripture. The truths that we looked at today are God loves us. His love for us never ceases. It is unending and will not be shaken. Secondly, his mercies never come to an end. His compassions, they never fail. Thirdly, he is faithful to us in that he reminds us of his love each and every day. He demonstrates deeds of mercy to us each and every day. Why? Because we are his prized possession. We are the apple of his eye. He is faithful in providing for all our needs. We do not need to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, to meditate on these simple yet timeless truths throughout this week, and as the Lord prompts you to carry out acts of mercy to a brother or a sister in need, or to provide a word of encouragement to someone who is feeling discouraged. To realize that you are loved by God and that He is faithful in protecting us from evil and that we have been given the victory over temptation and over the evil one. The encouragement that we do not need to succumb to temptation but to draw close to Him each and every day because He desires to spend time with you. So with that, let me close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you remind us of simple yet timeless truths in the Bible. You remind us that your love for us is everlasting, that it is unshakable, that it is unfailing. You remind us that your compassion for us does not fail, that each new day brings fresh affirmation of you of your love for us and your relentless pursuit of us. May we be enamored more and more each day and be captivated by your kindness towards us. Help us, Lord, to always see things from your perspective so that we do not lose heart, but rather hold on to the truths that you have set out for us in Scripture because you are faithful in keeping your promises. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.